And ladies and gentlemen, mainly gentlemen, unfortunately, there's no lady friends watching. Yeah, no pussy in this bitch, unfortunately. Nothing. But uh, we do have our boys here. This is the sports game. This is week two, essentially, until this Monday night game of the NFL. And this is your handsome co-host, Robbie, who was here Thursday, and your less handsome co-host, Zach. Zachary, the people have been asking, the people have been waiting. They want to know, did your team prevail as champions of the Canadian Softball League? It's uh, not the Canadian Softball League. It is the extreme slow-pitch league based out of Brandon, Ontario, and Yes, we prevailed as back-to-back champions. Actually, pretty close game, to be honest. I think last year we won our, our finals. It was like a fucking, I think we immersed them in like the fourth or the fifth. Like it was just a a blowout. Uh, and the team that we played, we uh, we beat them in the first round of the playoffs, but it's a double elimination. So we sent them into the lose bracket, but we fucking killed them in the first round, like 15-1 or 15-2 or something. Uh, yeah. They battle back. I tell you, Robbie. So this is uh, <laughs> this is the type of adjustments these guys made to play us. They ran a three man infield. I hate those. Type I'm of like, people. you guys are such fucking losers, man. Joey Joey used to do the same thing, and I always gave Joey crap out. They used to do a five man infield, a three man outfield because they had two or three, two guaranteed. Hey, Kathy. Fans. Kathy is watching. Hello, Kathy. She told me, she's like, every time I watch, your dad puts on the AirPods so I can't listen. So you know what? <laughs> it's about time you respect her orders. Yeah. Yeah, so they ran the five-man uh, five outfield, three-man infield. Uh, actually, yeah, that's what it was, yep. Uh, and it, it, was, it, it didn't help. I mean, it did help the first couple innings, uh, but then we just realized that uh, if we just take a little bit off her, maybe swing down for a few ground balls, that's... You're getting a base anytime. If you put it anywhere near third base, you're 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 getting the first for sure. Well, Zachary, um, you you have insulted the way I've been drinking recently in the podcast because all that's in the fridge was Bud Light, essentially. So I went out to a liquor store before the UConn game, and I had some leftovers, and I said, "Yes, tis the season, baby. It is here. The best beer." What is that Samuel Adams October? Is it, what, what, October uh, best baby. What is that? What makes that different from like the regular Samuel Adams? It's fall flavored season. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, Mike, Mike, welcome to the show, Mike. I'm actually trying out the bottle. I'm having a little uh, uh, rum and Coke or whiskey and uh, ginger ale, rather. Hey. Uh, the bottle that uh, Beth and Dustin got me for being the uh, co-MC with you, Mike. So that's my uh, buddy, Mike, whose sister's getting married. Congratulations. Me and, me and him will be MC in that wedding. And cheers to everyone tuning in this Monday night. Boom. Bam. It's actually pretty good, Mike. I'm not going to lie to you. And for I'm those not, listening on the podcast, thank you. I'm not a whiskey guy by any means, but um, I would recommend it. It is quite delicious. Me and Mike, are gonna we are going to absolutely put a clinic on at that wedding. We're going to put a clinic on. I feel like, Zach, you should be doing MC shit on the side. No water down bush light tonight, Bobby. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes. This will be my first uh, rendition of it. So we'll see what happens. But I tell you guys, um, I told Robbie before we started this show. Um, yeah, he wants this, to do the podcast today until 945. This podcast could go past 815. But if it does, Papa over here. I might stay on the ca- I might stay on the mic, but I, I'm not going to be in it at all because my Cleveland Browns are marching into Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers tonight at eight fifteen. 
And you bet your goddamn ass I'll be watching that game. Actually, folks, you know what? Before we uh, start talking about it all, um, I would like to. I made a I made a parlay today, Robbie, and I'd like to uh, read it out just in case anyone wants to tail. Can I can I give a quick shout out to the team that literally was the last leg that did not hit? Go right ahead. It's the same team that you and I deferred on for our picks. The Houston Texans lost the game, and ten bucks could have been three hundred thirty dollars, but they choked. That's a tough one right there. Um, but for anybody that wants to do any gambling on the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers game tonight. Uh, obviously, I know there's another game, the Saints and Card or uh, Saints and uh, Panthers, but I didn't uh, I didn't put any wagers on that game. But for the Cleveland Browns game, I have the Browns money line. I have Deshaun Watson over two hundred and three and a half yards. The both quarterbacks had pretty low uh, throwing yard over unders. I think Kenny Pickett came in at two hundred and a half. Deshaun was at two hundred three and a half. Uh, without Amari uh, Cooper, I think Elijah Moore will be the number one uh, receiver for Deshaun tonight. So I have Elijah Moore at over three and a half total receptions. I have Nick Chubb, 13 and a half total receiving yards, and Nick Chubb to score a touchdown. 25 bucks wins 401. Um, so we'll see what happens. Deshaun Watson, I feel like, is definitely, I think he will reach over that mark only because I want to remind everybody week one because everyone looked at the Raining like, exactly. It was fucking, Raining no like, one was throwing. That was a lot of teams. That was a lot of teams. No one was throwing. No. No, it was pretty goddamn hard to do so. Um, all right. And I mean, I, I feel here. like Chubb too. Like, I, it seems like uh, Chubb's kind of been become. Well, I know it's only been one game this season, anyways. But it looks like in that game, he kind of became uh, a little bit of like a safety blanket for Deshaun. Like, where if he he had nothing to go to, it would just oh, I'm just going to pass it off to Chubb for a little screen pay, screen pass and see what happens here. You know, I'm going to tell you what, Zachary. I am a little sad. You know who we rarely see in these Twitch live streams anymore, and it really breaks my heart. Who, Kev? I, yeah. Yeah, you know, I haven't. Uh, I guess we're not on the same job anymore. So yeah, he doesn't get that constant reminder. Oh, or he just, just, or he was just doing it. You know, that could be possible too. I don't blame Kev for hating you. I mean, you are a scumbag. Now, Bob, I don't disagree with you that Peoples Jones could be the number one, uh, especially with Amari Cooper out. But I, I, I'd say like between those two, it's kind of like equal. But I, I guess with the chemistry, even from last year coming into this year, Peoples Jones might be the uh, his favorite target. Hell, but, why not uh, David Njoku? He could be the number one. Yeah, we're talking wide receivers, though. Like, I mean, I know, but like, he could be like, yeah, like first, Mahomes is number one. Yeah, that's true. Is Lamar is number one. Fuck, I think Njoku had, I think his receptions were only like four and a half, too. I probably could have thrown that on there and cashed that pretty easily. We were having this discussion, and Isaiah and I were having this discussion before the show, and I was trying to think. I'm not trying to say overall quarterbacks. We've been through two weeks of football outside of the Steelers, the Browns, the Panthers, and the Falcons. And if I had to pick five quarterbacks that have been the best-looking quarterbacks through week two, number one for me is Tua Tagovailoa. Would you agree on that? I 100% agree with you on that one. Although his interception yesterday, I don't want to put that blame on him. I think Tyree Kill just overran the route, even though it was like a send-it. So I don't want to put that blame on him. Christian Gonzalez made a great catch, and we're going to talk about that Patriot game a little later on because i got a lot to say about that. He's probably at number one. Two through five is all toss-ups to me. I feel like maybe you put Brock Purdy at two. I forgot who I told him I had at number two, but I feel like Brock Purdy could be at number two. Oh, I said Jared Goff. Jared Goff's been incredible, too. Yeah. I mean, even though I know his record is 0-2, but Kirk Cousins has been pretty fucking fantastic, too, to start this season. I mean, obviously, Mahomes has been good. Mahomes um, has been okay. I mean, for what we expect of Mahomes, I don't think he's been... five passing yards against the Jaguars. They didn't get the touchdowns, but he, like he's doing his thing. Yeah. 
I guess we just I just have such high expectations for him now that 305 yards to me is just like ah. Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford yeah. might put in the equation. I mean, but maybe Jones lower down the list. Good. I feel like you could even maybe toss Baker in there. Yes, that's what I said. For how Baker. he's been playing. Yep, he's been incredible. I have a tweet for you about Baker Mayfield, and it's it's insane. I mean, this dude might have found his calling with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, him Shot. and Mike Evans are having a. They already are connecting on levels that he's never connected with a wide receiver before in any time he had in Cleveland or any other team he's played for. So, you know, I'm happy a, to see him prevailing. I might get this guy's last name wrong, but according to Ari Miroff, Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield on third downs this season, 23 attempts on 20 completions, 201 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero sacks, a 132.1 passer rating. I mean, we said clear cut and center that it looked like that this was going to be the Saints division. And yes, they dismantled a, a deplorable Chicago Bears team. Yeah. forget They went to Minnesota and they took care of business. If yeah. the Saints lose to the Panthers today, the Buccaneers are in slow possession of first place. I don't think that divi- I mean, we were talking that division was a lock for the Saints. Yeah. It is. It is nowhere near that anymore. I mean, obviously, it's we're getting Buccaneers into the equation because when you looked at Tom Brady last year, Tom Brady didn't look like Tom Brady. So now it's like, no, now you're in Baker, you're bringing in Baker Mayfield, who gave it. Let's be honest, Zach gave, oh, his gave all it his all. Yeah. Browns, like the Cleveland Browns and sustained multiple injuries that probably affected the reason why he got let go by the Panthers. And he only performed for the Rams because Stafford got hurt and he was OK. Through two games, he's been a key factor for this. Yeah, incredible games. I hope he can keep it going, but it is a small sample size, though. So you got to see. Uh, I want to see what, who does Tampa Bay have next week. Who are they rolling into play here? Now the other people, you know, the other league quarterbacks. Joe Burrow has not looked good, so you can't put no. him in top five two weeks right now. Um, Josh Allen. I said it on Thursday, Zach. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the podcast because I did post it yesterday. That's my bad. I did my listen bad. to it today at work. Um, okay. Well, before you go, Robbie, Tampa Bay places uh, faces Philadelphia this week. You heard what? Are we three? Well, so that uh, will be that'll be the true test to see how this Buccaneers team is. I mean, hey, if they yeah. can keep that game close. Maybe they are the real deal. Potentially, but uh, I think they're going to get Molly Uh Yeah, um, I said on the podcast on Thursday, I said Josh Allen is a great quarterback, but he reminds me of Philip Rivers. Yeah, I did. I did hear you say that he's basically. A guy that uh, he'll play fantastic in the season, but when the big moments come and the bright lights are the brightest is when uh, he is. That's when he does not come to play, it seems. Now, unfortunately, when they lost to the Chiefs, that was all based off the coin toss and the Chiefs 13 seconds. That's insane. That's pathetic. Should have never kicked it for a touchback. Yeah. That's besides the point. Um, I just. Isaiah is very adamant on saying that Kirk Cousins is right there with Josh Allen when you look at the numbers. And if you compare it to like the start of his rookie season, yes, the numbers are close because his rookie season, he was terrible. But it's not out of the equation anymore to say Josh Allen might not be top five. Think I, don't, I don't think that's a tough, I don't think that's a bad thing to say at all. I mean, especially after last season, you're leading the league in interceptions. I mean, yes, you do. Out of all the quarterbacks, I'd say he probably takes the most risks with his throws, which obviously we're seeing that because he's getting into. He also takes like, most risk bad. when he's running too. Like a lot of times, he shouldn't be taking these big hits because it could be catastrophic. But he just keeps taking yeah. them. Like use Big Ben as an example. You should be very, very careful. You got like Anthony Richardson. Yep. Um, 
I'm trying to think of five quarterbacks off the top of my head that are better than him. So I'm going to go Mahomes right now. I still think Joe Burrow, regardless of how he's performed, is better than Josh Allen. I'm going to put Jalen Hurts Jaylen above Hurt. him. Jalen Hurts. I'm dude, ser- seriously, folks, we need to start giving Tua some respect. Yep. Two of them might be top five. It's in like you can say, well, he has Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. It does not matter. I mean, not have it doesn't look like he's gonna have Jalen Waddle next week. Nope. No, no, he's concussion gonna, protocol. Mari Cooper is playing tonight. He is playing. He is playing. Tonight. Oh, well, that Elijah Moore bet does not look that good anymore. Well, yeah, it does because although he's playing, doesn't mean he's gonna be like that's true, and he draws the attention, so yeah. Um, you know what, Robbie? How about we get into a fucking? How about we get into a little bit of a recap here? I'm down. All right, I'm gonna pull up these scores here. Um, I guess we'll start with the Thursday night game, which uh, actually was probably a better game than we had anticipated it being. Vikings lose. Uh, or Vikings twenty eight, Philadelphia Eagles thirty four in Philadelphia. DeAndre Swift just came to fucking play Thursday night on my bench. Oh my god! But I mean, if you're the Lions and you're, stuck. if you're the it Lions and you're watching Michael that, Pittman. it was hard. I'm sorry. But you got DeAndre Swift, 175 yards, one touchdown. I'm just, just a fucking tank that game. Yeah, uh, he was the difference maker for a game where Jalen Hurts really didn't look very good at all, to be honest with you. So it is. It's very lucky for Philly that he did have the game he had. Um, uh, fucking Swift. The reason why Hertz hasn't looked so good is they didn't give him a single snap in the preseason. Like, you have to go into week one and try to just, like, figure it out all at once and, you know, hope that the rust is going to shake off. Like, it's important. That's why even Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers with the Packers for the longest time never participated in preseason, but he did with the Jets because he understood this is a new team, this is a new system, it's a new alliance, it's a new everything. And although not much has changed with the Eagles – Losing Miles Sanders and bringing in all these other guys, the rust kicks in a little bit. Yeah, you're very right about that. Uh, my apologies, I just forgot. I have to do a quick fantasy football pickup here for next week. I have a, uh, I got Saquon Barkley on my team, and it looks like he's going to be out the next couple of weeks. So, this to me, Zach, will really show what this Giants team is because I'm telling you right now, the only reason the Giants were so successful last year. Number one, they had a very easy schedule. This year, it's going to be a lot more difficult because you got the AFC East now. So you got to face the Dolphins. You got to face the Bills. You got to face the Patriots. The Jets. Jets have a great defense. Let's see what they do if they're going to keep going with Zach Wilson. At this point, they really shouldn't. We'll get into that. Um. So now you're without your best offensive talent. Now it's on Daniel Jones. And not for nothing, too, I am going to give Daniel Jones some slack because the guy that they picked, I think, last year, two years ago, their guard, Evan Neal, out of Alabama, absolutely deplorable. Daniel Jones made a lot of plays yesterday for that yeah. Giants team. I give him a lot of credit, especially the fact that they were down 20, 28 to 7 at one point. Well, they were they down 20 nothing first, at one point. They got their first touchdown in the second half of the game. They went six quarters of the season without yeah. a touchdown. And through all that adversity, Daniel Jones and Saquon found a way to bring their team over the top and win a game that needs to be a win. You know what I find funny about that game, too? At halftime, I had a tweet that I meant to tweet out, but I guess I forgot to press send tweet. And because I, I had, uh, for everyone listening to this, I'm in a survivor pool, and I had picked the Giants uh, to be my team to win <laughs> this week. So that was a fucking roller coaster for me yesterday. But I had tweeted, or thought I had tweeted at half, 
that uh, I'm like, who the fuck in their right mind would pay Daniel fucking Jones $160 million? Like, this guy is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. And I didn't press send, and I'm thankful I didn't because I would have looked like an idiot. Because he came out. Well, he came out storming in that second half. You got to give him credit where credit's due. He looked very, very, very good in that second half, running and throwing. God bless you. Thank you. Wow, that's a lot on me right there. I still think the contract is terrible. But before I continue, it is so hot in my goddamn room. I got to open up a window really quick. Okay, so we I, I didn't even know. Are we, are we transitioned from that uh, Minnesota Vikings game to the Giants one there? I guess we did. I guess we did. Sorry, what'd you say? Sorry, well, I, I didn't. Are we, did we do the transition from that uh, Eagles game to the Giants-Cardinals? I guess we basically did. I mean, there's not too much to say about that Eagles game besides... Uh, Besides the game that we thought was going to happen, Eagles won. Yeah. Um, Josh Dobbs really looked incredible in the first half. First whatever, half, man. Whatever um, adjustments they made, whatever Brian Dable said clearly lit a fire on both sides of the ball because both sides of the ball looked absolutely terrible. Yeah, I I don't know what uh, what Mr. Dable would have said there at halftime, but he must have fucking went in there and ripped them a new yeah. asshole because they came out looking – I mean, he had to. You go, you go six straight quarters to start a season without scoring. At one point, being outscored sixty to nothing to start your season. I mean, they had to do something. They had Absolutely. to do something. You know what? You can't like Giants fans were going through it. It's like, like I'm going to say it: the Giants are not going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think so either. And I mean, now look I at they have to face off against the Cowboys twice. They haven't beaten them since like I think 2018, 2019. And they, they come in the Eagles twice. They come in now next week. They have to play San Fran without Saquon. Saquon's going to be out now for a couple weeks. Still got the Bills eventually. Still got the Dolphins eventually. Still got the Patriots eventually. I mean, honestly, dude, I could see them being a six-win team this year. I think that's the number I'm going to put them at, six or seven wins. Not for nothing. Like, let's be honest here. Like, outside of Caleb, who's a delusional moron that thinks that Daniel Jones is top-five quarterback, did any realistic Giants fans expect to make the postseason last year? Everyone knew last year was going to be a rebound. Everyone knew last year was going to be a rebuild, and they overperformed expectations. Now, they did the right things this year. They brought in Darren Waller for a third-round pick. You're going to take a game on that all the time. They brought in um, – they extended Andrew Thomas. They brought in Isaiah Simmons. They did a lot of necessary moves to build, to you know bulk up the roster, but the one thing they still have yet to do is give Daniel Jones a number one receiver. Who's going to be their number one receiver? Yeah, they have. They're very, very weak at the receiving position. This uh, Hyatt kid, this rookie, is going to take off. We don't know that he's a rookie. Let's stop acting like Isaiah Hodgins is nice. He's he's not all bad. Let's stop acting like Darius Slayton is improving every year. He's not. They should have went out and they should have made an effort for DeAndre Hopkins. They should be making a a conservative effort right now for Mike Evans. They they should have really put in put in for DJ Moore. They didn't do nothing. Yeah, not a very smart move, but I mean, I guess really the only guy that went out that maybe thought that was going to be a big difference maker is Waller, which I'm not sure and if you mentioned that or not. The same hamstring issues that he's dealt with last year yeah. that he missed most of the season, and I said it. I said, enjoy him for the couple games, but at some point, unfortunately, he's going to get hurt because the history shows. Yep. Yep, but that was a uh, hell of a comeback now for the Saquon's Giants. out for three weeks. What did you say? And now Saquon's out for at least yeah. three weeks. Saquon's out three weeks, and I'll just pull it up quick. Uh, I'll just give you their next three opponents. San Fran's up next. 
They got San Fran, Seattle, Miami. So that San is Fran very easily Thursday, correct? Pardon me? San Fran is on Thursday, correct? San Fran Thursday, Seahawks next Monday, or the Monday following, sorry, on October 2nd. Then October 8th, they uh, go into Miami to play the Dolphins. And then they he'll come back possibly for that fourth week where they face the Bills. So they now, have Ant a fucking tough they, stretch of games coming up here. Ant says here they should have worked on the line more than anything else. Now, Ant, here was where I am going to disagree with you. They haven't made the right selections in the draft. You can't just let them all go. The only person that's hit is Andrew Thomas. Evan Neal hasn't hit. They have a rookie center. I don't know what his name is off the top of my head. Hasn't hit. Andrew Thomas is the only thing that's worked out. And guess what? He got hurt week one, and now he's going to play through a nagging injury the rest of the year. Yep. Not looking They're good trying. for Giants. They can't figure it out. They're trying. They just can't figure it out. And that's been the common theme with the Giants throughout all these years, including the times of Eli. Yeah, you know, you're uh, you are correct about that. You are correct about that. All right, how about we uh let's change little gears here. Chicago Bears 17, I think arguably the worst team in the NFL. Uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27. Uh, another great Field game. That next step. Justin Fields, I think we can all agree, is not that guy. No, and I know that some the of the play calls, like there was one point where they called the same play two or three times, the same screen, same formation, everything. That was bad on their part, but there are there's evidence right there showing where he has open receivers and he's not seeing it in time. Now, and once again, I'm going to say it again, folks, because it's so nice that you have most of these quarterbacks that are so dynamic. The quarterback position is a passing first position. If yeah. you can run, that's great, but you need to throw the ball in Justin Fields. Do you know that C.J. Stroud has 300 more passing yards than Justin Fields? I think it's like entire career, some crazy crap like that I saw. Well, C.J. Stroud had a game and a half. We'll get into that one later. He played fantastic for Houston uh, in that loss against Indy. But uh, you want a uh, funny or not funny stat about the uh, about the Bears, but a little stat I heard today. I was listening to uh, part of my take the, this morning. Yeah. The Bears actually have a possibility of having the number one and number two pick in this uh, this upcoming draft. Yeah, because they got the Panthers in their own, correct? Yes. I mean, could you imagine that? You got fucking Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., one one for one and two. Mm-hmm. That'd be you awesome. a star wide receiver, star quarterback, send Justin Fields packing. Yeah, Caleb has nearly 300 more passing yards than Justin Fields already. CJ Stroud. And Baker Mayfield, 317 yards, 26 completions, 34 attempts. One throwing touchdown, zero interceptions, passer rate or uh, yeah, passer rating, one hundred and fourteen and a half. He's looking good, man. He is looking good. Mike Evans, what a game! One hundred seventy-one yards receiving, just absolutely disgusting. They are connecting. Take all as a consideration all these teams that are going to be trash this year. Caleb Williams, who's arguably going to be the number one pick in the draft, unless Shadier Sanders like pass him because Sanders has been incredible. I, I don't think he'll ever pass, though, to be honest. I think I think Caleb Williams, for what he's done, I think they're he'll both incredible. That. But yeah. They're both going to look and see, like, if Arizona's up there and Chicago's up there, does either one of them want to go there? If you look, if you ask me, hell no. I don't want to go to those teams. Chicago has never had that guy. The last Chicago quarterback that was good was Jay fucking Cutler. Come on. Well, they need a new one, man. I mean, if. Uh, but look at all the. I'd rather go to Chicago than fucking Arizona. Would you though? Because Arizona. No, actually, I guess the Arizona actually Arizona has least receivers. Arizona's made an appearance in the Super Bowl more recent and a couple NFC Championship games, and that was with uh, Carson Palmer and um, Kurt Warner. Well, Arizona Kurt Warner, has a history of very good quarterbacks. Kurt Warner, in like recent years, Kurt Warner, 
Carson Palmer, Kyler Murray, I'd say are all better than Jay Cutler. And that's the best thing that the Bears Kyler have Kyler Murray, I don't know if I'd put in that category. That, that's fine, but it's fair to say that Carson Palmer and Jay Cutler, or Carson Palmer and Kurt Warner are better than Jay Cutler. Yeah, I would say that. But Kurt Warner for sure. Kurt Warner for sure. But yeah, uh, 27-17, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Chicago Bears. In a surprising, I guess we'll call it an upset, because I know the, this, the the game kind of was a pick em game. The spread was kind of flopping back and forth. Minus one for Atlanta, minus one for Green Bay. Atlanta Falcons, 25. Green Bay Packers, 24. Is this any, anything you take from this game? I didn't watch too much of it. Well, the Packers without Christian Watson for a second week and Aaron Jones, it's definitely detrimental that they didn't have those two guys, especially Aaron Jones. Um. Falcons could surprise some people. They could, but it all depends on Desmond Ritter because yeah. they have offensive weapons. They have a lot of offensive weapons. So I'm impressed, but at the same time, Jordan Love that pre not a good performance. It was terrible, terrible. Not a good performance of Jordan Love. Uh, let's see if they can bounce back next week, where they will be playing the New Orleans Saints. So that's a, I mean, that's a winnable opponent right there for them. AJ Dillon also has like ginormous freakish size legs and this dude is straight up ass yeah is that that's the backup yeah yeah i have him in fantasy and i tell you one thing right now i mean he just getting to the point where i want to find this guy and fucking put him in a guillotine because he is driving me goddamn crazy gets to start i mean yeah you look at the size of the guy's tree trunks he's got on him for fuck's sakes but the guy's a starting running back and I, i you know i have high expectations for him and he just dicks it for me that's the way you like it though and moving on, the game that made you lose your parlay, I'll uh, bring you down here a little bit. Indianapolis Colts uh, ran by a duo of Anthony Richardson, and then when he got hurt, Gardner Minshew took over and looked absolutely actually pretty fucking credible, to be honest with you. 31 Colts, 20 Houston Texans. Robbie, I know this game is a little somber for you because it was the one that decided your fate on not winning $300 on a $10 bet. But uh, that is honestly your fault for betting the Houston Texans. I mean, there's. Yeah, I know. But I, I Anthony Richardson, when I was going to pick him up in all the fantasy leagues, they all had him listed as questionable. So I was like, hmm, this is their chance. And then he gets two rushing touchdowns. The in first two minutes. touchdowns of the goddamn game. That's yeah. one. And number number two, I figured Vegas knew something. Figured they knew something that we didn't know. And this that looks like the one game where you could book off. Like, this is where the Texans might get the one to two, three wins. So I learned my lesson. And never try to get sexy with the picks. Pick the smart mm. way. Yep. Uh, if you are a Houston Texans fan, which I'm sure we do, Tyler have, don't have any. We actually have Houston Texans fans that watch. My this. brother is a Houston Texans fan. Tyler, play with Tyler and his history of fandom throughout all the sports. Well, I'll tell you one thing right now, Tyler. Um, the one positive you can take from this is C.J. Stroud, 384 oh. yards in the air, two throwing touchdowns, no interceptions. He looked fantastic. So. He doesn't even if, have like a clear cut like. No. I mean, yeah, imagine throwing him with a fucking guys like like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He might be the one Ohio State quarterback that comes out from the Ohio State successful quarterback. Finally, because we haven't had any of those in a long time. I don't think we ever had. Well, CJ Stroud looks like he is the uh, the bright light at the end of the tunnel. And moving on now uh, to probably what was the best of the one o'clock game slates. Seattle Seahawks 37 taking down the Detroit Lions in Detroit in overtime. Detroit battles back to tie that game up right at the end of time. Uh, and it just was not enough 
in overtime. Seattle marched down, got a touchdown on the opening drive. Seattle 37 to George 31. Yeah, a lot of uh, red zone action there between those two teams. Um, yeah. Seattle, I think, has won their last four or five straight matchups against the Detroit Lions. And that includes games in Detroit because last year they beat them like 48-45. It was a shootout last year, too. Yeah. Um, that's a big win for the Seattle Seahawks because the NFC West, we don't know what we're going to see from the Rams. They look really good against the Niners, which we'll get into. But the Niners, we already know what they're going to look like. So that's yeah. a big win for the Seattle Seahawks. Big win for the Seahawks. And um, is it safe to say um, that the Detroit Lions are back? No. Lions that was just a well, I hope so because that was my pick. I would have liked to seen them bulk up the defense instead of going with Gibbs with a high pick because outside Aiden Hutchinson, there's one other guy in their secondary. I forget, I forget what his name is, and I I can't think what the fuck his name is. But outside of those two guys, it's just a bunch of average practice squad players, essentially. Yeah, the uh, the defense is definitely a scary point for this Detroit Lions team. I mean, the offense doesn't have to answer any questions. They seem to come out and just put down numbers. Uh, now, did Amron say Brown get injured in this game? He did, but I think he went out there shortly after he got injured. Okay, so that that is a that that'd be a scary sight for uh, for Detroit yeah, Lions fans. I saw it happen. I saw it happen on red zone. He did get hurt, but I think he did go back out there to play. If I'm not mistaken, C.J. Garner Johnson. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, that is his name, C.J. Garner Johnson. Thank you, Anthony. As I said, Seahawks 37, Detroit Lions 31. Another game that had to uh, have overtime to decide. Tennessee Titans take down the L.A. Chargers in Tennessee. 27 for Tennessee, 24 for the L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers start 0-2. Did we uh, did we see this one coming, Robbie? Maybe not 0-2, but I see them not doing well. They're going to keep Brandon Staley as their goddamn head coach. And you know what? Not for nothing. As I was talking with Ant and Isaiah earlier today, they were talking about how Mike McCarthy is going to limit the turnovers for Dak Prescott. That's true because he had the most turnovers because offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys is now the offensive corner for the chargers. And no, no Herbert didn't turn the ball over much from my understanding, maybe, but Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley together is a disaster waiting to happen. And without Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly couldn't fill in the role. It was all on Herbert all game long. Keenan Allen had two recept, two touchdowns. Um, listen, chargers really dropped the ball by not firing Brandon Staley and bringing in Sean Payton. They really, really dropped the ball. You can look at the Broncos record and say, oh, and two, they stink, but I, I it's yeah. not a Sean Payton problem. It is not a Sean Payton problem. Yeah, we'll get into that Broncos game pretty soon, too. But yeah, the Chargers, I, I agree with you 100%. That was the, the second you have a playoff. I think actually, going back to part of my take, they had Stephen A. Smith on there today. Um, And he is actually, for the first time in his life, saying some logical things. You know, I feel like sometimes he just says the most fucking outlandish shit just to get his views. Yeah. But he's also good at what he does. So, but he said exactly what we've been saying. If you're in a playoff game and you are up, by, what was it, 27 points? You're up by a 27 point spread going into the second half and you lose that fucking football game. There is zero chance you should have your job, especially with a team you had the last couple of years. They've had very high, very high pedigree. I mean, I've not to say they had Super Bowl aspirations, but they're definitely a team that could make they a could. run. They could with the roster they have constructed. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, to go along with um, Slater, their left tackle. They have a solid offensive line. Gerald Everett on the defensive side. They have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Yeah. Jackson, Derwin James. That's a ton of names I'm listing off for you. That is a super. You put all those guys with Patrick Mahomes outside of Justin Herbert, we're talking about potentially 20-0. and 0. 
So, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely been disappointing the last couple of seasons for him. Um, I'm with you. I'm very surprised that he still fucking has a job. But, I mean, if they keep going, let's see what they got next week here. Chargers next week have the Minnesota Vikings at the 1 o'clock game in Minnesota. That both, is going to be a decision for both teams because both teams, if they drop to 0-3. Yeah, I mean. Chargers have to fire Brand Staley off his hands or about it. It's about it. Number one. Number two. Vikings dropped to 0-3. Justin Jefferson, I believe, is in the last year or has one year after of free agency. You might have to get rid of him. And I saw a thing today that I would. Yeah, I saw you getting all fucking hot and horny on Facebook about how these might go to the Patriots, which will not happen. No, but like. It won't happen. You can get excited. If they wanted wanted the first year for this year and next year's NFL draft and third round pick for Double J, absolutely. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I would do that in a second, too. We gave up three first rounds for Deshaun. And then. Captain Kirk, he's on the final year yep. of his contract. You know, a team should call him eight. The New York the Jets. New York. I can't believe they haven't picked up the phone and made that call yet. Because you get Kirk Cousins with that offense. I mean, that. I mean, I, I guess you can kind of look at Kirk Cousins for obviously they're excited to have Aaron Rodgers. You're kind of getting like a Walmart Aaron Rodgers when you get Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's but not going to be the guy you really problem. wanted. With how bad that offensive line is, they need someone that can escape the pocket. Aaron Rodgers, even at his age, could do it was doing it professionally with the Packers, like he's not really was in his prime. That offensive line is did you see well, let's get into the game first before I analyze it. Let's yeah, okay. Game. So you know what? Before you get into it, I'll just I'll say the story real quick. Dallas Cowboys 30, New York Jets 10, Robbie Go. Micah Parsons was having his way with the left tackle Dwayne Brown. He was having his way. I mean, we, the one thing I I never I never was um, offensive lineman. Steve could probably attest to this. Steve was one of the best linemen in high school football. Fucking right, Steve. If you're if you're a left tackle, by no means should you be giving up the inside of the line. Do you know how many times I saw Michael Parsons do a fake, like running around on the edge and cutting back in and taking it all the way to the inside against Zach Wilson? I get how bad Zach Wilson was. At the same time, I can't blame him. The Cowboys' defensive line was they getting were every hungry, time. man. Every now, time. Do you think there is a possibility? I know, obviously, it's a long shot. Do you think we might be able to see the first defensive player win MVP since Lawrence Taylor this season? Yes, I do think it's crazy. I do. It's I such mean, obviously, a I know it is, but I, if I mean, if he keeps going like this, you got to put him in the. You got to put him in the conversation. Well, who's been more of the MVP for the teams right now? Tua or Michael Parsons? Well, Tua, I guess, been more of an MVP for his team. Yeah, and I do agree with you. It is a quarterback. But it's also, I guess I was going to say it's probably easier for, I guess it's not easier for any of them to keep up this level of play because the level they're playing at right now is just Micah absolutely Parsons elite. would have to absolutely shatter the sack record in a single season that TJ Watts set in order for him to get first place votes. It's just, it's not that he, like, if you ask me, Micah Parsons is a top five player in football. Top five player. Yeah. Oh, 100% agree with you. He might be better than Nick Bosa. He might be better than TJ Watt. He could very well be the best defensive player in football that's going to kick the Giants in the ass for days because they traded back when they had the pick before the Cowboys and they could have had. Ooh. Now they're stuck with now he's gonna haunt Walmart them. brand version of him and Kayvon Thibodeau, who's nothing close to Mike Parsons. Yeah, Kayvon not turning up. But yeah, I mean... <sighs> If this game is any indication, and obviously we can't put the blame on Zach Jones because, as you said, or Zach Wilson, sorry, because as you said, he was just getting fucking lambasted left, right, and center. The line was doing nothing to help him. Well, this game was. They came predictable. They only gave Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall 
four touches. They became predictable. Like, what do you expect? It was yeah. It was terrible coaching going into that game by Robert Sala, by Nathaniel Hackett, by all by all parties involved. So I would like to say Zach Wilson is going to get so much hate by the media. But could you blame him? Could you? I, I feel you can't really put that much. Bl- I mean, yes, you can put some blame on him because really he did not look that good. But if this is any indication for the Jets, if I'm in their management, I'm in that fucking office up there. You have got to make the call for Kirk Cousins. You you cannot let this roster and this season go to waste. You have a team that could possibly win a Super Bowl if you get a quarterback. You're not winning it with Zach Wilson. We can. I mean, it's just not going to happen. There's zero fucking chance. They should call for the following quarterbacks: Kirk Cousins, one. Number two, Matthew Stafford. Number three, Jacoby Brissett. Wherever Jacoby Brissett is, I have no idea where he is, but you saw you saw firsthand. Yeah, he, he a, can. He, he, did exa- last year. he did a fantastic job for the Browns last year. Fantastic job. And you know what, Bob? I got to, Bob, open up your ears for this one. You're going to like this. I got to give credit. Dak Prescott did look pretty fucking good against that Jets defense. I mean, not a bad game at all for him. He didn't do anything out, didn't do anything crazy. No mistakes, though. Who was the MVP for the Cowboys yesterday? Micah Parsons. Who was the second MVP? I couldn't tell you. The kicker. Five made field goals. Oh, that's good. Yeah, good game for him right there. Yeah. How do you get the field goals? I'm not going to give I'm any saying 31, 31 completions, 31 attempts, 255 yards, two touchdowns. That's that's not a bad game in my books. Not for nothing. Like, I'm not going to discredit Dak because Dak had a good game. But the kicker put up 15 points. The, the, the defense is the reason they destroyed the Giants as well as the Jets. Dan Quinn could very easily be a head coach in the NFL. If he elects to stay with the Cowboys and if Mike McCarthy can actually fit, because now... Everything that's gone the way for the Cowboys in offense is because of Mike McCarthy. He's done a great job through two games against both New York teams. Let's see. Can they get past the one team in the playoffs that they haven't been able to do the last two seasons? And that is Zachary, the 49ers. 49ers. What a guess. What a fucking guess. That was good. Well done. Congratulations. I, mean, I hope they meet in the playoffs because I think that would be a fucking great game. Obviously, it's early on in the season. Anything can happen. We have no idea right. who's going to be injured. There's there's no reason neither for Jets fans to panic. You're one in one. You escaped with the crazy win against Buffalo. You're in better position right now than the Patriots, essentially, who you're facing off on Sunday. So you really got to beat the Patriots. Yeah, that's a big um, game. Jets. They should have some sort of a backup quarterback. I mean, I saw that Randall Cobb was the emergency quarterback. That's a problem. There's a lot of people out there available. You should call one of them in. I agree with you 100%. Uh, you you just got to get Zach Wilson out of there. He, I mean, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. He is not the guy. It's hard yeah. to give up on someone like that that quick when you took him with the number two pick, though, Zach. Say that. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear you. I hear you. But look at what the – I mean, and the Jets have already gone through this with Sam Darnold. Picked them super high, gave him his chances for, what, three, four seasons, and then said, all right, buddy, we're fucking out of here. By the way, you have arguably one of the worst sunglass tan lines I have ever seen in my life. Fair evaluation. Um, but let's move on to uh, the AFC North battle. Baltimore Ravens 27 moved to 2-0, and and the Cincinnati Bengals start another season. Back-to-back 0-2 season starts for the Cincinnati Bengals, who put up 24 points. Joe Burrow. Looked like shit again after this contract. I mean, and re-aggravated his calf injury. We don't know if we're going to see him next week. 
Um, if I'm in Cincinnati right now and Joe Burrow is in fact hurt again, I'm ringing some alarm bells here. Season's over if that's the case. It, I mean, if he if he's out for another three four weeks and they lose, if he's out for four more, say four weeks, and they lose three out of those four weeks, it, the season's done. It, it it's that'd be such a tough hole to come back from. Yeah. Um. The problem with the Bengals since been like this the last, even when they made the Super Bowl, is the same with the Giants. They can't figure out their offensive line. It's a problem. Yeah, their offensive line is atrocious, man. Joe, you know, this is what pisses me off about quarterbacks. This is what really pisses me off about them. Do you really need 50 to $55 million a year? Do you? Does anybody need that much money to fucking play a sport? It's disgusting Tom Brady how much these was guys taking pay cuts for years. There's a reason why he has seven rings. Look at Robbie, before you go on with this, look at the look at the teams that have been great in sports the last 10 years. Patriots, Tom Brady taking his pay cuts. And then when he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. took a pay cut, won titles. Pittsburgh Penguins, you got Sidney Crosby taking pay cuts, Malcolm taking pay cuts. They've been a great team, won two championships. Boston Bruins haven't won anything but they've always been a solid team because they all take pay cuts. If you want to win, you cannot fucking command all that goddamn money. And yeah, you can throw in some more. Atlanta Braves, take advantage of the opportunity yeah, that they got and give them a ton of money for the time being that, you know, they'll be set for life and then they'll get their future races in the upcoming years. Houston Astros, same same thing with Jose Altuve, with Alex Bregman, and finding the right veteran pitchers to go alongside with that. Uh, NBA, no one's really realistically taking. Yeah, they're fucking all getting <laughs> as much money as they can. Those bastards, those fucking bastards. Yeah, it, it just proves your point. I mean, if you if you want to win, you take pay cuts. Unless you're a guy like I mean, I, I can understand contracts for guys like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and shit. But if you're a guy like Daniel Jones or or Kyler Murray, why? I obviously understand you want to make your bank. But you also have to realize that you're not a guy like a Patrick Mahomes and a Joe Burrow that can carry. I mean, Joe Burrow's got his weapons. Patrick Mahomes, not really so much this season besides Kelsey. But you're not one of those guys that can fucking carry an offense like that, especially not like a Daniel Jones. Like Kyler Murray, at least he's a little bit dynamic. Since he's retired, Tom Brady is a minority owner for three different teams. One of them is a soccer club. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's in the Premier League. And I want to guess either... Tottenham or Arsenal, and I could be completely wrong, and I'll do my research right after. I'm doing I'm looking up right one, now as you're doing it. The two other ones in the WNBA, Vegas, and again in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders. And guess what? Tom Brady wasn't the highest paid quarterback at any Bringham. career. Okay. Bringham. Bringham City. And Tom Brady was never the highest paid quarterback in the league. You get your money from uh, endorsements, essentially. And this guy wasn't playing for New York. Imagine if he was playing in New York, the endorsements he'd get, or LA. Oh my God, yeah. Or well, I mean, he's also Tom Brady, though. I think his endorsements would be the same yeah, anywhere he I goes. Get it, but we're talking about a six-round pick. Like, pick, Does Peyton Manning own anything? Just that, just that balling-ass show. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, me and Robbie, I think we're both agreeing here that uh, if, if Joe Burrow is, in fact, we don't know the severity of this injury, but if he is, in fact, um, if he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, this this is uh, this is very much crunch time for the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually don't even know who their backup uh, quarterback is. Me neither, but I want to give um, I want to give my condolences to those. Let's say Joe Burrow is out for an extended period of time. 
Want to give my condolences to Joe Burrow in the fifth and sixth rounds, to owners of T. Higgins, to owners of Jamar Chase, and also Garrett Wilson since Zach Wilson hasn't really been able to figure it out. Uh, yeah. Condolences to all you fantasy owners. This is this is a rough time. And um, You know what, Steve? As well. Hey, Steve, at least my quarterback didn't tear his fucking Achilles because he's a fossil. J-E-T-S, we fucking suck. Wow. Steve fucking started it. I finished it. Just like Aaron Rodgers did with his season when he tore his Achilles four plays in to his fucking start with the New York Jets. Laugh that one up. Backup quarterback for the Bengals is Jake Browning. So it's going to be a tough, tough uphill battle for Cincinnati. Who has to play the L.A. Rams next week? (laughs) <laughs> what are you laughing at? I didn't see. Did he write something? I can't. I can't see. Oh, you went so hard at him. I feel so bad. I know it. He hurt his heart. I'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, for crying out loud! At least have the respect to finish on your mom's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <clears throat> Anyways, wow. this is getting out of hand here, folks. This is getting out of hand. You don't think, huh? Wow. Las Vegas Raiders ten, Buffalo Bills thirty-eight. Josh Allen looked pretty good. Josh Allen looked good, but the Vegas defense is absolutely terrible outside of Max Crosby. Also, I don't know if I got to send it to you, but I saw a thing today of what Chandler Jones looks like, bro. Chandler Jones has to be on drugs. He looks terrible. And Chandler Jones was a former Patriot. And let me just tell you, son, the way that he's been acting recently never seen Chandler Jones act like this ever. And here's the thing. Here's the problem with Vegas. Okay. What's the motto of Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And if he got with the wrong click and he's on to a, you know, a bad path. And I want to, I want to hope that I'm wrong here because he looks, excuse me, absolutely terrible. Well, I mean, I'm sure if he's fucking taking drugs, they, they know it. But do you think Henry Ruggs outside of driving fast? Do you think he wasn't drunk? Do you think he wasn't drug up? He probably was. He probably was. I you think he I mean? made a really stupid mistake. I don't think we can assume that he was just well, a fucking shit. Like, Regardless, regardless, like there had to be something else outside of just also driving 150 miles an hour. I, no, I, he's a fucking young, stupid kid. He thought he was looking cool, I bet. Now he's serving fucking 10 years in prison. Kissed away millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. <sighs> I just hope that things get better for him. But going back to the football. Okay. Uh, yes, I will bring I was up. watching so, the game and Jimmy G... Didn't really look that bad. The problem was they couldn't get the running game going at all. They yeah, Josh Jacobs was just getting stuffed. They made Jimmy G try to beat him, and he couldn't do it. Absolutely stuffed. I mean, I think we kind of expected this one to happen. Target week one. Who's who's his favorite target week one? Do you remember Jimmy Garoppolo? It was Jacoby Myers who is uh, Myers not with concussion with a conk. Yeah, he got that big hit. Uh, We'll get it. You know what? There's really not much else to say about the Buffalo Bills game. I mean, we also kind of saw this one coming. Um, but you're the, talking about big hits just reminded me of the massive hit we saw, a very scary hit we saw in the Washington Commanders Denver Broncos game with, well, I believe it was their tight end, Thomas. Thomas yes. Yeah. He just got fucking just lambasted right to the head. It looked Fun like he was knocked out cold. Fun fact for you. That guy that laid the hit to the head to Logan Thomas did the same thing to Jacoby Myers. Yeah, the so I they were talking about that actually. I mean, that guy's a dirty fucking prick doing shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But you know what? Washington Commanders, they bounced back. They battled back, took down the Denver Broncos 35 33. 
We almost had some serious late game heroics in that game. Russell Wilson, what do he put up like a 60 yard fucking Hail Mary, maybe even longer? Yeah, like but it that. probably reached like 55 yards and with all yeah. the carried into the end zone, essentially. And then, uh, I mean, two point uh, conversion that should have been a PI horrible non call on that two point conversion. This weekend was terrible. Back. I couldn't terrible. believe that the guy got fucking just Punks put in NFL a headlock. And NFL and college. I was going crazy at the UConn game. Yes, I get it. UConn sucks, but there was so many penalties that the referees missed out on. It was insane. Yeah, they're uh, it seems like they're really turning an eye to uh to some of these fucking calls here, but uh, what can you do? Now, what here's what I want to say about Denver, Zach. How much longer? How much longer can we wait on Russell Wilson to figure it out? I'm going to ask you. Really good in the first half. He looked really good in the first half. I'm going to follow up with this. Is Russell Wilson really not that good? And the reason why I ask that, Geno Smith looks great for Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson was a third round pick for a reason. Is Russell Wilson, was he what everyone said about Tom Brady, that Tom Brady was only so good because he was part of the Belichick system? Was Russell Wilson only good because he was part of the Pete Carroll system? Hey, there's a reason why Pete Carroll's fucking 74, whatever old he is, and he's still coaching. The guy's one of the best of all time. I mean, Sean Payton is a damn good coach. Maybe he just doesn't mix in with the, uh, maybe it's just two different play styles. I I don't get it either. I thought they were going to be a a very electric offense this year. They did look really good in that first half against Washington yesterday, and then it was just the second half. It was a completely different team. To Sam Howell? Yeah, it's it embarrassing for him. Embarrassing. Credit to, the commanders. Credit to the commanders by all circumstances because the Broncos have to get up over 30 points in a very long period of time, including last year. The defense has always been good for the Broncos. But if it was to happen to Jimmy G, like if Jimmy G did it, I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Jimmy G, pretty good quarterback. Sam Howell put up over 30 points on you? Are you Sam Howell, man. Hey, maybe he's the real deal. Real deal Evander Holyfield right here. Sam Howell, baby. I mean, maybe he is, but I don't believe so. Yeah, you, sorry, I I had to just go into that game real quick because um, that you were talking about the big hit to remind me about that. But uh, Denver Broncos moved to zero and two. Washington Commanders, a surprising two and zero team. Oh. Uh, their biggest test of the season comes next week when they play Buffalo in Washington. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait raped. and see. So when they get raped, uh, we I don't know if we should use that term. Um, don't Who know if we use talk about if we can't use certain terms. Well, you know, we can say stuff like retard, but I think rape, we oh. gotta we gotta really pump the brakes. Kansas City Chiefs 17, Jacksonville Jaguars behind a horrific looking Trevor Lawrence. Measly nine points. Yeah, not a good look for Trevor Lawrence. Not um, a good look for Trevor Lawrence at all. He'll bounce back. He'll bounce back. He will bounce back, but uh I, I could have uh going in, I actually kind of expect not expected, but I going into the game. I was telling myself, like, yeah, Jacksonville does pull up this win. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes looked fantastic. Sky Moore looked like, yeah, I guess that's I'm slowly becoming, or not slowly becoming, I guess it is his number one target so far this year. Bob Kelsey Privacy obviously will become that guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, if you're a Kansas City fan, I don't think you have anything to worry about at that week one loss to the Lions. No. They'll be just fine. Yeah. Now, a game that I think was a little bit closer than we had anticipated, San Francisco 49ers, arguably the best team of football right now, 30. L.A. Rams, 23. This fucking rookie wide receiver for the L.A. Rams, I don't want to get this guy's name right. Nakua. Puka Nakua. That is a fucking sick name. That's a very dangerous name. Puka can go with some very close. You place the K with another letter. What, Puta? 
Oh, <laughs> damn it. You fucking puta. Puka Nakua broke the NFL record for most receptions by a rookie in their first two games with 20. He went off last night, really was the uh, bright star for the LA Rams and their offense. Maybe they got themselves a, a bit of a steal here in this uh, Nakua. Maybe the Rams should really consider when he comes back and he's healthy or even before the trade deadline, if they elect to uh, trade away Cooper Cup, see if they can get some draft capital. I mean, hey, it's if you're the Rams at this point, you're not you're not playing for a Super Bowl. So I think at this point you got to explore all options. And Steve says Kelly Oubre Jr. to the 76 one year deal. If anyone cares, well, Steve, um, the only thing that Kelly Oubre has in the NBA is probably the best eyes. I'm not gay, but that dude has wow good eyes. When you said that, I thought you meant like his vision. I was gonna be like, what are you fucking? Are you out of your mind? I didn't know you were trying to suck his cock. Now, Robbie, the game that I'm sure you would like to get some steam off your chest. Miami Dolphins 24. The 0-2 New England Patriots for the first time since, what is it, 2001? 2007? Yep. 2001. Yep. 2001. 2000, no, not 2007. 2007, 2008. They almost won the freak. They almost 2001. Won that That's why I, said, I made a mistake. Now, you know what happened yep. in 2001 when they started 0-2? They won the Super Bowl. They did win the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't be too worried. I'm but not. I'd be worried and because I, I don't see this team being a playoff team this year. No, probably not. But I'm not worried because... The Patriots throughout their illustrious history outside when they went 18-0 have always struggled in the month of September. I just want to say that I'm really aggravated with the referees. I'm super aggravated because you know what? This dates back to last year, Zach. Hunter Henry had a touchdown against the Vikings. He had full control. That was a touchdown. They ended up losing the game by a touchdown. The Raiders, I think it was Cole who caught the touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown or whatever, or the tying touchdown. His foot was clearly out of bounds. Two calls they missed in that game. One, the Belichick threw the flag, which became a meme on the internet, rightfully so. I think it was Zeke. Zeke or Andre Stevenson reached the first down marker, and they marked them short after a view he reached. Yeah. And how did they lose, Zach? How did they lose? They said Cole Strange off of Gusecki with a heads-up move there. Heads-up move, knowing that he was stuck. And before the whistle could blow, tossed the lateral. Cole Strange made an acrobatic catch for, you know, a lineman. They all joined together. And I really think it wasn't conclusive enough to say that he was at the 30-yard line. His knee, his knee was on the 30-yard line, but his upper body with the ball seemed. It looked like that could have been. That was a that was an argument. Yeah, it was a bit of a shaft job. Third or a quarter off the 29-yard line, but it's not conclusive. The referees getting involved with the decision with the Patriots once again. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Let me load up the tweet here because everyone's probably acting like I think they're going to win the game from there. It's unknown, and I'm going to give you some facts here on Mac Jones, and this is where he has to improve. It's year three now for him. Mac, uh, ben Belford Peltzman, the Patriots beat writer, I guess. Mac Jones can't seem to turn these close games into Ws. In 2021, first Miami, Damon Harris fumbles on the goal line. Pa- Patriots uh, lose the game because he fumbled on the goal line. Not his fault. First Tampa Bay, Nick Folk hits the post on Tom Brady's return could have been a tie game, or or I think they could have won. I don't remember if they were down two or not. Whatever. Versus Dallas, overtime loss. Ball, ball bounces off of Nelson Aguilar's brick hands, and the Cowboys take advantage, and CeeDee Lamb runs in for the touchdown. Yep. 2022, as I mentioned, Hunter Henry and the Vegas incident, and then Cincinnati, Ramondre Stevenson, who I thought was held up and the whistle should have been blow dead. They didn't blow the whistle. Fumbles, Patriots lose. Now, against the Eagles, Booty couldn't keep his feet in bounds. They lose the game. 
and now Cole Strange. It seems like in these last heroic moments, he is one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, and eight. Now, most of the things that are here are not his fault. However, when is he going to find the way? Yeah, you got to break through that barrier there. That's not the that's the wrong end of that style you want to be on. Um, I should also point out I'm watching this uh, Panthers game, Saints game to the left here. So if you see me looking off the left after I'm watching, but the Panthers, in fact, are we marching it down on Chris Olave and Miles Sanders. Travis, my cousin, has Olave. I have Miles Sanders. He's projected to win by two right now. It comes down to those two guys. I need Miles Sanders to um, just get injured for this game alone. I hate to tell you, I'm, I'm I'm facing Miles kiss Sanders. My, I'm winning by one point. Kiss my ass. Will not do that. I will not kiss your ass. But yeah, you know what? The Patriots, I think, for for the two opponents they've had to face to start off this season, they haven't looked terrible. They have not looked terrible. I mean, they've do you had know two, what they're. Would you say? Do you know what they're missing? I can't say I do. An elite. Clear-cut, number one wide receiver. Like Justin Jefferson. Like Justin Jefferson. Like Mike Evans. Like DeAndre Hopkins. Like Amari Cooper. Or like Amari Cooper. Like Brandon Cooks. Even bringing Brandon Cooks back. They're missing that one guy. Like, it looks like right now it's been Kendrick Bourne. But it's so inconclusive, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, they kind of like it's a similar problem we were talking it's about the Giants well, earlier. Correct. I mean, it's. I mean, I actually, I think if we're looking at quarterbacks, I at this point, I well, I don't know if I'd say I'd rather have Mac Jones and Daniel Jones. They're kind of they're they're both kind of. It's like a fifty. It's a, it's a coin toss, really. But uh, yeah, the, no elite wide receivers on any of those teams, and it shows. It the shows. other thing that upsets me with Mac Jones that I'm watching number one, he has a hard time reading the defense right now. It looks like, and number two. His snaps are becoming predictable. Like they know when he's about to hike the ball, like it's becoming too predictable. The second he says 319, the ball's getting snapped because you really yeah. see, you know, try to you get him off. I'm waiting for, I, I was, uh, I spent some time today watching. I don't know why I was going through a YouTube rabbit hole. I got into Troy Palomalu highlights. I wanted someone to do some Troy Palomalu fucking jump the line sack tag. We haven't seen that in years. Now, I, I think they got it. rid of that. I think they got rid of that. Oh, you can't do that because anymore? Because it's, detrimental to the safety of the center because as they snap the ball, if they come back up, they can mess up their neck or something. Because I remember Jamie Collins and Cam Chancellor were doing that on field goal attempts and they were blocking the hell out of the field goals and they stopped that. Now, speaking of blocking field goals, uh, that was the, the Patriots game yesterday. That was a great play that that guy made. You watch how many teams are going to adapt to that. Yeah, that little fucking kind of running right up the side there. Yeah, and you're also going to see the holders find a new way to snap the ball instead of the old generic way. Cause they all keep their head down. They look up the kicker, make sure he's ready. Well, that's so apparently, that's apparently that was uh he was getting the signals from the kicker. I was seeing on Twitter or, or the center or the center was one of the two. Cause Pat McAfee broke it down. It was, he said the center because he worked special teams, like the head goes down, head goes back up. And once the head goes back down again, and that's happened. when about to snap the ball. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Patriots lose another one to go 0-2 for the first time since 2001. No worries here, folks. I'm not worried. No worries we, here. got to capitalize against the Jets next Sunday with no Aaron Rodgers. Have to capitalize. Uh, and that uh, that that is it for our football news for today, folks. That was our one-hour week two recap. We have the 
Carolina Panthers going for a field goal right now against the New Orleans Saints with seven minutes left in the first. And in approximately 45 minutes time, the Cleveland Browns march into Pittsburgh. So we will have some updates for you guys on that to come on Thursday's episode because I'm back on Thursdays now, baby. And I'm not going anywhere. College football here, baby. College football. We have to start with this game. Colorado, Deion Sanders versus Colorado State. The Colorado State coach that's a few little remarks for Deion Sanders, and I thought that they, but I'm like, you say that, you're going to get fucking killed. Colorado's going to come out hard. All the credit to Colorado State. They played a fucking fantastic game. End up losing in overtime. The one thing that I have to say that just blew me away about this game, the Colorado State kicker is 31 years old. He is married and has three fucking kids, and he's a kicker for a college football team in the NCAA. How the hell is that possible? He is 31 years old. How is he even allowed to go to school? Hey, my grandfather, I think, graduated college in his late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, because he's your grandfather. Back in the day, they didn't go to university. He probably did that for himself. It's not university. It's college. I hate when they do that. I'm going to university. No, you're going to college. No, it's university. Like, Sorry, like Florida State University, Ohio State University? College. Is it called the Ohio State College or is it called Ohio call it, State University? When when you're with your friends or your family, do you call it soda or do you call it pop? Pop, like a regular fucking human you're, being. And just like Marcus calling it the washroom. No, it's the bathroom. You Canadians are asshat backwards. I say bathroom. Washing bathroom is kind of fucking. When I was crossing the border last year when I was going for my cousin's wedding in Canada, in Maine, they had a list as the washroom. I, I looked at that and I despised it. That's all Marcus ever says. I'm going to the washroom. What are you washing your ass in the toilet bowl? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, Colorado moves to 3-0. and uh, Robbie, they have some tests coming in these next two weeks of college football. Next week, they have number 10, Oregon. The following week, what number 5, USC. Excited. I mean, if they, if they can split these games, I think that would be fantastic for them. I could very well see them losing both these games. Um, I just want to say this about Colorado State. They did not look like they wanted to play football. It almost looked like Bounty Gate. It almost looked like they were out to yeah. hurt everyone in Colorado. And unfortunately, it was their best player, Travis Hunter. I agree Except, with you, Steve. Um, that's fair, Steve. Um, I, shame, shame on the coaching staff. Shame on the players. It, it like there were so many times where it just looked like they were maliciously trying to hurt someone, especially late after a play, whether it was a touchdown reception or a run. It was disgusting. And I didn't get to watch the full game. Um, I watched the highlights. It was disgusting, man. And the NCAA needs to do an investigation and start handing out punishments. That can't happen. Not for nothing. Yep. Dion didn't start the fight. Now we nope. know that Dion is a lot different from the rest of the coaches, you know, and he has his way of words. Dion has been nothing but respectable, done everything the, the right way. The, college, the the Colorado State head coach is the guy with the problem. My mother taught me that when we shake hands, we have our hats off and our glasses on. I don't blame Dion yeah. for the whole glasses I mean, thing. I would too. I get yeah, it's a little bit disrespectful at that point. I mean, I, at the end of the day, it, it like Dion Sanders was not trying to big him up, but he's like he's he's kind of given the the respect to Colorado State. There, it's a, it's a interstate battle. Obviously, there's a bit of a rivalry there. I mean, if you want to call it a rivalry. It's a rivalry. It's not a well-known rivalry because Colorado has been relevant in many years They've as well. Shit, yeah. it's, but it's a rivalry. 
But nonetheless, they moved to 3-0. and Like we said, they got some tough tasks coming up the next couple of weeks, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this offense goes and this defense goes because they'll be missing Travis Hunter for the two biggest games of the season for him. And that is probably why what you said is true about them going into because Travis Hunter is a he's a game changer an impact on offense. I'm going to put it like this with Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter is the Shohei Otani of college college football. Shohei Otani yeah. can hit the ball like hell and he can pitch. Travis Hunter can play defense and he can play an offense. He is uh he's a fucking unicorn. I guess is the if only Travis way. Hunter did what he did now. In the NFL, we're talking about someone outside the quarterback position making $40, 50000000 million probably. And maybe a guy that's not a quarterback possibly winning an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they got themselves uh, a bit of an uphill battle. Uh, we do have a couple upsets to report from this uh, past week. The notable ones, Missouri beating number 15-ranked Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State's a team. I don't really think anyone had them doing too much damage, but nonetheless... Big ups Missouri. Actually, sorry. Before we leave the Colorado game, is it not kind of embarrassing to be 28-point favorites and then march the field after winning in overtime if you're the Colorado fans? No, because I feel like there was so much leading up to this game with the trash talking on both sides. You know what I mean? I don't feel like that's... Like, Alabama is relatively quiet. If Alabama did that, then yeah, that's embarrassing. Colorado... I guess yeah, they haven't been a good team for a while, right? So Colorado hasn't been good in like 20, 25 years. Yeah. Like, this is new this for them. This has been built up for years. No, this isn't new. They've been known to be passionate football fans. It's just that they... You know what I mean? Like winning, like being a good team is new for right. them. Right. So I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's just a way to cause, you know, you know, engagement and conversation. But to me, I don't blame the fans. I don't blame Colorado. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Excuse me. My goodness. Yeah, so Missouri beats Kansas State in an upset. And then uh, in probably the bigger upset of the uh, the week here, Florida Gators taking down number 11, Tennessee. Is this SEC? Like, I mean, uh, uh, does the SEC kind of shit this year besides Georgia? I mean, that's normally the dominant thought, powerhouse didn't division. This, didn't I bring this up last week and then I like bit my words because I saw the ranked teams like. To me, it feels like the Pac-12 is the best conference in football. It is the best conference. I think they have, in the top 25, I believe, eight teams right now, the Pac-12. I could be wrong about that. USC, Colorado, Oregon, maybe UCLA. I'm going to look up the top 25 teams right now. I'm going to look oh, yeah, up I got, it. I got it right here. Oh, no, never mind. I don't have well, it Maybe right I got here. it first. Maybe I got it first. Yeah, you probably will get it first because I just clicked a link and went to the wrong website. I might have a first, you bitch. Okay, the standings for the top 25 are... I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Rankings. Number 25 is Florida. Florida jumps up to number 25. This is the new poll. Florida jumps up to number 25. Iowa's at 24. Tennessee's at 23. UCLA, 22. Uh, Washington State, I believe that is. WSU, yep. Washington State is 21. Miami comes in at 20. Colorado's at 19. Duke and UNC, 18 and 17. Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Oregon State. Alabama at number 13. LSU at 12, Utah at 11, Oregon at 10, Notre Dame at number 9, Washington at 8, Penn State, the Ohio State coming in at number 6, USC, Florida State stays at 4, Texas goes up to number 3, Michigan and Georgia. Georgia okay. got 7 votes of first place, Michigan 2, Texas got 3, and Florida so State. Was- I have the Pac-12 standings up right here. 
Uh, if I'm correct here, you just named Utah, UCLA, Oregon State, Colorado, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, and USC, who are all in the Pac-12. Eight right. out of the 12 teams in the Pac-12 are in the top 25 this year. And, I think and we have S- a new powerhouse division. And the SEC, you have Florida, you have Tennessee, you have Ole Miss, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. Te- Six. Where's Texas? Texas? Yeah, I was going to say. Seven. Okay, so I guess you know what more teams than I thought were going to be in there, but uh, you just you just normally see the SEC as as like the the ones to beat, right? So dropping surprised out by that is Kansas State. They were number fifteen. They are out. You know what really makes me upset? So I'm not saying Ohio State's a fucking powerhouse this year. I I don't think we're winning any national championship this year. Um, but they started off as a third ranked team. They didn't have a very decisive win week one. They dropped down to I think it was fifth. And they had a pretty decisive week two win, but dropped on another spot to sixth. And then they fucking destroy. Obviously, it's a shitty team. I can't remember who they played yesterday. Not a very good team at all. But they destroy them where Florida State just barely edges out South Carolina. South Carolina is better than the team that you faced. Yeah, but nothing happened. But why is Ohio State dropping when they're fucking winning games by little margins? But Florida State wins a game by little margin, and they stay in the top four. Let's be real here, Zach. College football rankings is all political based. It's all political based. It's bullshit. It is. It absolutely is. And I'll tell you who you guys absolutely killed, murdered, destroyed, annihilated. And that was Western Kentucky, sixty-three to ten. Yeah, good game for the uh, good game for the Buckeyes, baby. And then Florida State, like you said, the final score was thirty-one twenty-nine. 31-29, and Florida State actually got very lucky to win that game because um, uh, if I remember correctly, I was watching that game. Florida State had the ball. They were like third and seven. They went for a run. The guy got tackled at like the line of scrimmage, so it was been fourth and seven, but it was a face mask call. It gave them a new fresh set of downs with like a minute 35 left. Instead of being a turnover, Florida State's able to run the clock out. And that is... Oops, we're going... The UConn game I went to Saturday was... Oh, yeah. How was that game? I totally forgot to ask you about that. They were down 24 to 3 at half. And Ooh. my buddy Hector, co-worker, I brought him to the game. I was like, dude, Hector, Hector I'm you to such a like shitty, shitty game. And he's like... You brought oh, your Mexican friend Hector to a shitty football game? Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Okay. I mean, it's like Japanese and Chinese are all the same, right? Jesus Christ, dude. You're such a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Why would you say that? <laughs> We're having fun, man. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they started making a comeback and they had fourth and three with four minutes left. And I think all three timeouts and they elected the punt. We were all pissed. They held them. They get to fourth, four and three. And the quarterback scrambles out of the pocket, makes an incredible throw on the sideline, touchdown, flag on the play, holding. Then they relook to see if his foot was inbounds because if his foot wasn't inbounds, then the team could decline the penalty, and that's the end of the game. Play was reviewed, foot was inbounds. They get another play. Long slant route, a yard or two short of the first down mark, and they end up losing the game to FIU. Bob goes, That's racist. Is it racist, Bob, or is it just an observation? It could be a little bit of both. But UConn falls to 0-3, and after the year they had last year, 
you know, when they gave us all a bunch of hope, it's not looking good right now. And no. it really sucks that they lost their starting quarterback transfer from Maine for the rest of the year. And the backup put me out there. I could do better than him. Well, and with that, folks, our NCAA football little recap. We're not going to go through all fucking 9,000 goddamn games that happen these Saturdays. Um, but yeah, we, we'll, we'll take care of the most important ones. Robbie, can I can I just get this hockey news out of the way here? Because we finally have some juicy NHL hockey news. It is a former Chicago Blackhawk, a former. Oh, Steelers. I wasn't. Hold on, I wasn't talking. You know what? We'll talk about that. For, no, let me let me start the hockey with this. Okay. Former Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Mike Babcock, who gets all the slander in the world. From how much just mind games and fucked up shit that that guy does to the players. At once was known as the greatest coach in hockey. Now is just has this dark cloud over him. But the Columbus Blue Jackets, at the beginning of the summer, they say, you know what? We're going to take a chance. Mike Babcock has a very, very, very good resume. Let's give him a shot. So they hire him. Mike Babcock was not even able to coach one hockey game for the Columbus Blue Jackets before all this news started breaking out about the type of shit he's been doing to his players in his month and a half, two months of being the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach. Robbie, you got it, buddy. I'm, I'm cheering you on here. Robbie's trying to open up his beer with a bottle opener here, folks. He's really... And there he goes. He got it, folks. Let's give him a round of applause. That one was a tough one to get off there. But yes, Mike Babcock um, is forced to resign because news broke out on the Spitting Chicklets podcast that uh, apparently he was calling in his players telling them to give them their phone. And then he was going through all of their photographs on a teleprompter screen just to see what they've been up to this summer. Now, such I'm sure. For, and if Rob, you don't think that these players that are going to be on the road away from their wives and shit, you don't think they got pictures of their wives, fucking titties and puss and all that shit on these camera rolls. Probably do. Or and first of all, if they're in the off season, I know hockey players like to party. You know, maybe they're doing drugs. Maybe they're fucking drinking. Maybe they have videos and pictures on there that they, just for them that they don't want their head coach seeing. No right at all for him to do that. But then again, when this first broke, it was just all rumors and allegations. There was no proof behind it. Even a couple of the Columbus Blue Jackets players did, in fact, come out. to Not to say to defend him, but just to kind of say that maybe the story was stretched to, out of proportion. But nonetheless, obviously, there was some truth to it because Mike Babcock resigned. He is no longer the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. You I think it was the assistant coach too. steps in. You talked about this guy too and how he should never get a position in hockey again. I, I know I've said this on the podcast, but what he did to Mitch Marner in Mitch Marner's rookie year with the Leafs is is just disgusting. He got Mitch Marner. He called him into his office and said, hey, Marner, I want you to write down on this sheet of paper who every single player on the team, I want you to rank them from who tries the hardest to who tries the least hardest in practice. Like who's showing no effort out there and who's showing effort. And he goes, don't worry, this list is just for me. I just want to see like where your mind's at with it. Mitch Marner writes this list down. The next practice, Mike Babcock walks in in front of the entire hockey team. Now, mind you, Mitch Marner's a rookie. the 18 years old, a fresh little boy in the league, not even a man. And Mike Babcock reads out this list of who Mitch Marner had ranked from the least hardest working guys in the team to the hardest working guys in the team in front of the entire team. Johan Franz, when he coached the Detroit Red Wings, Johan Franzen had to take anti-anxiety medication to save himself from having panic attacks going to the rink when Mike Babcock was his coach because of how much he mentally abused him. Mike Babcock, if you're listening to this right now, you are a scumbag 
piece of shit loser. And I hope to God you never coach another game in the NHL again. And you will never coach another game in the NHL again because people can now see how much of a pathetic fucking zero you are, you shady loser. And that's all I got to say about that. I love it. I made the same announcement to Kevin Porter Jr. last week. I love it. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot to put that on my notes. Kevin Porter Jr., what a dumb fucking idiot. What an idiot. Another <laughs> guy that deserves to never play another game in the NBA. But if you look at the NBA, he probably will play again because look at Bridges. He'll get another shot after fucking dismantling his lady. So that's what these guys do. They beat their wives and they put up baskets, baby. Now, um, what was the other? Patrick Kane was the other. The other one was uh, so there's been uh, I mean, I, I for the entire summer, I know I've said it to you, Robbie. I've had Patrick Kane going to the Buffalo Sabers, um, but a surprising team's kind of popped into the equation here, and that is the Detroit Red Wings. And if you think about it, it kind of does make sense for him to go to Detroit too. He gets to uh, regroup with a guy that he had a lot of chemistry with in Chicago, playing alongside Alex Dabrinkit before Alex Dabrinkit went to um, the Ottawa Senators. They had a few years in Chicago together, and they looked fantastic. Detroit had arguably, if not the best, top three best off seasons in the NHL by bringing in guys like Kubalik. Uh, there's so many guys that I have in my head right now that I just can't fucking put a name to it. But if you, if you Google it up, they had a very good off season. Goaltending is a bit of a question mark for them. Um, they have bright spots in their prospects. They do have some young guys that are pretty good, but I don't necessarily think Detroit's going to be a playoff team. Whereas if he does go to Buffalo, I could see Buffalo being a playoff team next year. They got great defensemen. Dylan Levi looks like he could be a uh, potential fantastic super, not a superstar goalie, but a fantastic goaltender in the NHL. Uh, they have weapons up at the front with Tage Thompson, a uh, guy like fucking even Skinner now with his big contract. He's now playing really good hockey. So this, this decision is going to have to come soon because he's, I mean, I guess he still technically is going to be missing a little bit of the season anyways with that surgery he had. So maybe he doesn't need to necessarily sign with the team at the start of the season, but I'm sure for him, he'd rather get this done sooner rather than later. Get in there, meet his new teammates, get a little bit acquainted with everybody. Yeah, but it, it's 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 a question mark. But I I do believe that those are the two teams that this is going to come down to. It's going to be either the Detroit Red Wings or the Boston or Boston Bruins or the Buffalo Sabers that will be signing Patrick Kane. Well, I'll tell you what, Zachary. It's getting to that point of every favorite you know favorite month of sports, October, playoff baseball, the start of the NBA. And um, hockey, college football is going on. College, no, college basketball is going to start, I think, later in that. But you got all the major sports starting at one time, including college football. It's almost a favorite time of the year for every sports fan. Can I get a link on the hub asking for a friend? Yeah, Steve, I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you a few links. You mean to tell me that, that look, my fucking chest looks disgustingly hairy from this goddamn camera? It looks absolutely terrible. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty. That's what a man looks like right there, Robert. Yeah, That's what a man looks like. I think I counted like thirteen hairs on my chest. Yeah, I, well, trust me, I wish I wasn't this fucking hairy. But God didn't bless me with a beard or a hairy chest. He unfortunately put all the hair in another spot. Yeah, right in your asshole. Nope. Let's uh, let's finish this puppy off with uh, with a little bit of MLB talk because we are approaching, as you just said, the end of the season. Playoffs are around the corner. What do we got? Two weeks left, I think. We do, but there is a couple NBA things I did want to talk about. Okay, yeah, you go. You know, I don't have anything NBA in my list, my list so you uh, you just dive right on in there. There's been talks about the Celtics, about them and Malcolm Brogdon not getting along. And let's remind everybody what the Celtics have done this offseason. Marcus Smart is a Memphis Grizzly. 
Grant Williams is a Dallas Maverick. Essentially, it came down to Brogdon and Derek White. And if they're dishing off Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon isn't happy, that must mean that Derek White is a starting point guard. The Boston Celtics went a whole different way going into this coming year. And the worst thing that could happen to them is this. Porzingis, I'm probably going to say this wrong. It's the same injury that Harrison Bader had for the Cardinals and the Yankees has plantar fasciitis. Yeah, I believe I said that wrong. But I actually think you nailed that, to be honest with you. Plantar fasciitis. I don't think it's plantar, but I mean, hey, tomato, tomato, my friend. Well, I'll give you the points on that one. Appreciate it. So that injury, you can't put a timetable on. You know, Bader was out for a long, long time. I think he made his debut with the Yankees in mid-August, early September last year. I don't remember. That could be a long period of time that they're gone. So now you don't have Marcus Smart. Now you don't have Grant Williams. You have two defensive player guys that are now off the team. And now you're pissing off Malcolm Brogdon, who was a six-man player of the year for the Bucs, who was one of the better players on the Indiana Pacers and is a proficient point guard and had a season where he led the league in free throw percentage. And that includes the likes of Kevin Durant and Mikel Bridges and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Yeah. Boston, I don't know what's happened, but they... They are probably not going to be an Eastern Conference Finals team heading. I was going to say for a team that probably a lot of people would have had pegged to be the number one team in the East going into next season, it is uh, it's not looking as promising. If you are a Boston Celtics fan, I do, however, think they still are going to have a hell of a team. But like you said, I don't know if they're are they built now for a deep run. I'm not a Marcus Smart guy, but you did essentially trade away the heart and soul of your team. Like that that guy. I've never seen Plouffe, like, we've lost Brady, and obviously that makes sense for him to be so devastated. Outside of Tom Brady, maybe Chara, I've never seen Plouffe so devastated about a player departing from a Boston team. Marcus Smart had the Celt- – he was the Celtics' heart and soul. He was their locker room leader, and now he's gone. Man, are we are we, are we potentially looking – maybe not right now, but next couple of years, I think it might be the end of an era for for Boston sports. The Patriots aren't going to be the Patriots anymore. The Boston Bruins, their center line depth is just atrocious now. They're not going to be the same Boston Bruins next season. Doesn't look like the Celtics are going to be the same Celtics next year. There's some dark clouds over Boston sports right now. As long as Belichick is the coach, it's hard to discredit the Patriots. I know what his game plan is. He's going to pass Don Shula for the most wins all times as a head coach because Don Shula talks shit about him with Spygate. You know the Bruins better than I do. And the Celtics... When you know, I started watching the NBA, the Celtics outside of Paul Pierce were trashed until they brought in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Yeah, Boston Celtics history is all with Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and uh, Bob Cousy and Bill Russell. You know what I mean? Outside of that, it's nothing. So, yeah, we could be looking at the end of the Celtics depending on what happens to Jason Tatum because Jalen Brown is there for the next four or five years. What are they gonna do with Tatum? Yep, but they're gonna have to sign him to another max. I mean, is that even? a lot of fucking money to spend on two guys. Yeah, but the salary keeps going up, so they'll do it. Like, Jalen Brown's the highest paid player in the NBA right now. He'll be, sh- or I think Anthony Davis passed him, if I'm not mistaken, but. I think per year, Anthony Davis passed him, but I think contract-wise, it is uh, it is Jalen Brown. Right, and um, should I go, just Alexander will be the next one up. He'll pass him. Yep. Um, Steve puts here, Dwight Howard to work out the Warriors as well. Thoughts? Um, I don't think he's going to make the team, but uh, 
Maybe he was he getting sick of that food in China. He had to come down and just try some American basketball out again. He wouldn't get much playing time with the Warriors, man. Dwight yeah, Howard. He'll be signing a one-year with the Shanghai Red Dragons uh, after that practice goes bad for him. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad because Dwight Howard's one, you know, I would say Dwight Howard's an all-time great NBA player. You know, and I think I, if I were Dwight Howard, I'd try to find some basketball in Thailand because if I am correct, I do believe he likes them ladyboys. That's something I don't know and don't want to find out. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was a rumor that was circulating around him. That he used to have, uh, let's just say his uh, his thing was chicks with dicks is what I heard on Twitter or X. I got, I got something to tell you. TJ's mom met Dwight Howard. Well, there you go. TJ's mom was working at Wendy's and he went by at Wendy's and TJ's mom doesn't know basketball that well. So she asked the question, do you play for the Brooklyn Nets? And that's all she knew because that's all TJ likes for a team. And then to come to find out that a couple weeks after she asked that question, Dwight Howard was a Brooklyn net until they released him. Well, a short little stint with him. Short little stint. Very short stint. All right. You, let's get this baseball. Okay. Yeah. We got uh we got about twenty one minutes here till till uh let's till make sn- let's make it, let's make it ten so we give you plenty of time to do what you gotta oh. do. Well, there's not much baseball to talk about over here. We gotta start off with the biggest news. Shohei Otani, the decision not to trade him at the deadline just looks even worse and worse now for the Angels. He is now out for the remainder of the season with an oblique injury, I believe it was. Yep. So his season's done. Injury. And uh, his season's done. And his time with the Los Angeles Angels, it, it appears, has come to an end. And not only is he done for the year, they didn't announce that they're $35 million man a year. Anthony Rendon a couple weeks ago was told that he was done for you there and they announced it a couple days ago and he goes, it's not my job to do it. It's supposed to be their job. Let me tell you something about the Angels. I wouldn't even want to step foot in that field, man. And Yeah, it does seem like they're run by a bunch of fucking idiots, man. It's so sad to see, man, because you have Trout, who's a very likable guy. You have Shohei, who's a very likable guy. You have Rendon, who was a likable guy with Washington, and it's just on all gone to shit, man. It's terrible. Surprising, really, to be honest with you, because you get that team. You know, Bob. Actually, Bob, I thought you're making. I thought Bob was making Alec Manoa joke, but that actually, I think, is a legitimate question. We'll, we'll, talk, about it. we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. Um, yeah, it's it. it you, honestly, you you have to feel bad for Angels fans. Like at this point, it's just you do have to fucking feel bad for him. You've had Mike Trout now for a decade. You've had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani now for, what, three years? Two years for sure. I think it's been three. And they have the longest out of all teams in baseball. That includes the A's. That includes the Royals. That includes the Pirates. That includes the Reds. They have the longest streak in baseball for losing seasons. I didn't see what Steve wrote up there. Oh, my (laughs) God. For those listening uh, via audio, uh, okay. our friend, okay. Don't say friend of the show said that TJ's mom could have gotten it with Dwight Howard if she, in fact, had a penis. Um, So good thing TJ's mom, I'm assuming, has a vagina. I, I've never met her before. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's a good thing for that. Otherwise, Dwight Howard might have had his way, is what Steve is saying. <laughs> We're having fun here tonight, folks. We are having fun here tonight. <laughs> oh my God! You were saying, Robbie? Yeah, no, I'm good. You know what? Okay, can I let me get into this now? The way because Bob just reminded me that was even on my list, Bob. But guess what, Bob? 
and Robbie, you listen to this too. I'm joining your guys' side. Fuck this fat piece of shit, loser shit pitcher. With your shitty attitude and your KFC addiction, you fat loser. Maybe if you didn't eat so much Kentucky fried chicken, you'd be able to grip the ball and actually throw pitches. But your fingers are so fucking greasy. Oh, God. We're talking about Alec Manoa not reporting to AAA from getting dropped down because he didn't agree with the decision. Well, guess what, buddy? You have been (laughs) pathetic this year. The fuck do you think? What do you think this is? You think it's just going to be handed to you? You got to work for it. Are you laughing at what Ryan said? <laughs> How do you know, Ryan? <laughs> this is this is getting crazy. This, we got to get the fuck out of here, and we got to get out of here soon because this you is going to get out of hand. It. You had to repeat it. You had to repeat. <laughs> uh, but speaking of the Jays, we take sole possession of the second wild card spot after sweeping the Red Sox. Yankees are still kind of holding on a little bit there. I mean, it is too little, too late, but they are making it interesting. Shut up. Okay, well, that was on there. Um, Dude, they're not going to make it. There's, I think, 12 or 13 games left. Fun fact, we have six games against you guys, so we could very well ruin your postseason run. Yes, you could. But um, I just want to let you know, the Blue Jays, I believe, are... Three and four and oh, since this video I'm about to play for you. Hold on. We turn the season around right the fuck now. Right here. My girl. I got <laughs> the season turns around right now. Win tonight, win tomorrow, win Sunday, win Monday. Now we go. We the- Fucking right, Johnny. Get those boys fired up. Gate he's 14 doing, podcast. He's doing big things with that podcast, baby. I love it. Oh he's my doing big things baseball, let alone. Oh podcast. my God. I missed it because I closed out the app. Oh my God. I'm not going to repeat that one. I think if you open up the app, you might not be able to see. If you can't see it, I'll say it. Oh, did you see it? <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ, Steve. <laughs> and if it's true what they say, I think we're getting TJ a set of uh, hair, hair pluckers in his, in his uh, stocking this year for Christmas. Uh, but yeah, another baseball news. We got two other things left to talk about here. Matt Olson sets a new Atlanta Braves franchise record with his 52nd home run of the season. Well, he's extending it. He's extending it. Extending 51, it. What is- 51 set the new record. I'll, I will let you guess. Okay. I will let you guess what player had the single season home run record for the what Atlanta Braves. Braves. How the fuck would I know? Because one of the all-time greatest home run hitters was on the team. But it wasn't him. I couldn't tell you who it is, to be honest with you. Wasn't Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron was a brave. You stupid idiot. I didn't watch baseball back then, you fuck. You know this. You always ask me these questions, and you make me look like a retard. Who leads all-time home run hitter? Who has the most home runs in MLB history? Barry Bonds. Who's number two? I'm not sure, actually, to be honest with you. Hank Aaron had that record for years, dude. Oh, there you go, Hank Aaron. Oh my god! <laughs> it wasn't Chipper. It wasn't Freddie. It wasn't Acuna. It was Andrew Jones. Oh yeah, I would have got that one. I would have got that one. That was my third guess. You disgust me that you, you don't know who fucking... Andrew Jones is. You disgust me. You know what? You know what? Last thing we got to talk about here, and this isn't really that big a news, but for the first time 
This is why I said 2007 earlier for the Patriots, because I knew I read the stat somewhere. For the first time since 2007, the St. Louis Cardinals will have a losing record to finish off the season. Yeah. Um, like I said, I always felt like Yadier Molina was that only thing that held the Cardinals together. And it's showing that without Yadi, it has not been the same. Not been the same at all. Uh, I mean, really, really disappointing season for the Cardinals. Absolutely. Bring in Wilson Contreras. Basically, hold your guns to everything you had. And excitement with this Jordan Walker kid coming up. And Tyler O'Neill was supposed to take that next that next step. And uh, the Cardinals have been anything. Let, let's think about it here. Five most disappointing teams amongst baseball this year. Go. Sorry, what'd you say? Five most disappointing. No one in particular order. Five most disappointing teams in baseball this season. Go. Okay, St. Louis Cardinals, San Diego Padres. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd say disappointing because I didn't expect much of them, but maybe the Los Angeles Angels, New York Yankees. Three. Um, uh, I feel like I'm missing some. I feel like I'm missing some good ones here. One that's right there in front of your face. Like it's just sitting right there. The Blue at Jays? You. No. It's sitting in your face right now, and it's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. AF, are we talking AL or NL? NL. NL. I mean, the Padres have been... Oh, New York Mets? New, New York, York Mets. Yeah. That's probably the most disappointing team, actually. And then another team... Ah, who else is a pretty other disappointing team? You said the Angels earlier. The Angels could be in that. Equation. I guess we'll get through it, but just for the just for who they had to be expected with them. It's also to be expected. Yeah, with them. that's why I said I'm like they'd be like my they'd be the fucking shadow team, you know. And let me go through the standings quick because maybe I can figure out a fifth one for us here. But the Angels probably are number five. But the other four you nailed right on the button: the Yankees, the Mets, the Padres. Um, fuck, who else did you say? Oh, the Cardinals. Um, you could put Cleveland in the equation. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. Put the White Sox in the equation. Fifty-seven and ninety-three. Angels sixty-eight-eighty-two. Um, yeah, that's about it. Because the Giants are still in the hunt right here. Now, if we had to say the most overachieving teams this year, um, I would put Baltimore one. I didn't have them. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. They're the most. They mean no one. I mean, ever, I, I didn't expect them to be a bad team by any means, but not to be this dominant. No. Um, number two, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. They've had a great, they had that really, that really rough stretch, but yeah. uh, other than that, it's, it's been, it's been all fantastic for them. Uh, you could go four and five with Cubs and Reds essentially, because they're both fighting. Miami's a team that's over. We have a lot of over- overachieving teams this year. Let's just put it that way. Giants yeah. are over. Diamondbacks are overachieving. Reds and the Cubs are overachieving. The Marlins are overachieving. The Rangers caught everybody by surprise. I mean, the second they lost the Grimes, like, ah, now it's going to be, you know, kind of tough. Nope, they still found a way. The Mariners bounced all the way back. Um, and the the uh, Orioles and the Rays, you know, it's been a weird baseball season. Very odd. Very baseball weird. Season. And the Baltimore Orioles have clinched the playoffs for the first time, I believe, since 2014 or 2016. Congratulations. Do you know what happened last time they clinched the playoffs? What happened last time in the playoffs? 
That's my Edwin Encarnacion uh, impression just, when he hit the walk off. Edwin Encarnacion, former Yankee. Well known as a Blue Jay, though. And you know what, Robbie? It's Cleveland Brown football time, baby. Give me a final score. My final score tonight, it's a division matchup. Pittsburgh defense is nothing to bat an eye at. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 21-17 Cleveland. 24-17 Cleveland. 21-17 Cleveland. 21-17. Make up your mind. I'll keep 21-17. Or 20-17, final answer. All right, folks. Now, before, I'm going to give Zach plenty of time to prepare for his preparation, leaving here, and also hyping up the boys. We are now at least 15 minutes away from kickoff in Pittsburgh as the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are 0-1, face off against the 1-0. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I said. Pittsburgh Steelers. You said Pirates. Oh, fuck me. I saw Cody. Cody actually got recognition from a lot of like Yankee meme pages. So, uh, Cody, I hope you're still strong out there. Just know that some normal Yankee fans still don't hold a grudge from what you said back in April. Those are the delusional ones. We love Um, you, Cody. Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns looking to tie for first place in the NFC North. And with that, folks, I want to wish you all a very great rest of your week. We will talk to you again on Thursday here. Hold on, hold on. What's your? I want to hear your score prediction. For tonight's game? Yeah. You know, Zach. You can say, you, you can say Steelers. I don't mind. I'm not going to get upset. When you make your picks, it's already locked in. But like once it gets to the time, you might want to flip-flop. So my pick is stick in with the Cleveland Browns 23-20. Bam. So we both have a tight game here, folks. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where we will hear from, you will hear from us again on Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today on Twitch. And for those of you listening on the podcast, we gratefully appreciate your support. And with that, Zachary, hype up the boys and tune us out. First of all, I'm going to start this off with a fuck you, Steve. That was no need for that remark there at the end of the show. But it's Cleveland Browns foot. You know what, Bob? You can also go fuck yourself too, Bob, because that was arguably even more rude. I hope you tear your ACL and you can't coach your shitty golf team. (laughs) And with that, folks, we got to get out of here. I will see you guys on Thursday. Stay sexy, sports cave. Go, Browns, go.